the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And we will catch up with John Zadrozny in just a few moments over at America First Legal. He has a perspective on what's happening in the world, especially as it relates to our border. If you heard me uh, yesterday speaking about this subject, uh, you'll want to check out what John is saying. Um, we we um, He and I were talking offline. And, you know, one of the things that we're wondering is what could what could be the policy or the yeah, policy actions that could happen from the state level? You know, from the and and someone like Attorney General Ken Paxton or a governor. I know we've seen the governors of DeSantis and uh, and we've seen um, Governor um, uh, the Texas governor go ahead and uh, Abbott and stand up and do some things. But is there some creative way to get something done? I, national security wise now in terms of uh, an action just to try to get something moving to seal the border. We'll see. And we'll see. Zadrozny's thinking about it and we'll talk to him in a few moments. All right. Um, here's my cautionary tale uh, regarding the atrocities we've seen and the terrible, horrendous suffering. And I just want to pause and say this. Don't believe your lion eyes. Um, and my point here is there's a lot of video that is being mischaracterized and misused. Um, and let me start by doing it this way. I saw that Hamas and supporters of Hamas put out a video of someone uh, being killed. I think it was in uh, a bombing or uh, something the Israelis did overnight. And it turns out it was fake. It was not from that period. It was a different period. Um, so and I think similar things have happened necessarily uh, with the coverage on on all sides of this. I mean, uh, be careful what you are viewing that you don't come to a conclusion based on um, what you're seeing until you can confirm where you're seeing it from, right? Who's got it, how it was edited, what you're seeing uh, going forward. Um, there's plenty of sadness and violence and death. I'm not saying you're going to be, any of us are going to be hidden from that. Uh, we're going to see that and it's going to become clear and it's going to be terrible. Uh, but this is a good, this may be the, um, this may be the ultimate um, opportunity to, re, to 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 learn how easily it would be to mislead people. Now, uh, I think that the Israelis turned off the electricity and the water and everything into uh, the Hamas occupied areas. I think they did that already, which is um, um, supposedly going to change what is covered and how you'll see it. Um, but I just my point is simply don't believe anything you see until you get it confirmed. Don't believe anything that you're told is definitive until you can get it confirmed. And that's the motto. I, again, I was having a discussion earlier with a colleague of mine. Distrust, but verify. 
distrust. It, you, you know, used to be trust and verify. If you saw a video in 1985 and the, somebody, you know, put a video on the news because it wouldn't have been on the Internet, you would have said, well, that that looks right. I mean, that looks like what what that looks like a video that's made by somebody who's shooting, rolling the camera, you know, turned it on, not someone who edited it. And that that would have been, you know, kind of likely, almost certainly you'd have an ability to distinguish. Not today. Not today. Whatever they show you, wherever they show it, you have to start out from the standpoint. It's a, it's by the way, it's terribly exhausting. Let me be clear. It's exhausting to live in a world where you have to distrust, but verify. But that's the reality. That, that That's simply the reality. If you trust what you're seeing, the chances of being misled are very, very high, very high, I, almost to the point where I wouldn't believe uh, I, I would think you'd be misled once once they know, meaning the powers that be know that they can manipulate people. It's going to become more common, not less. And I've told you over and over again, and we're finally going to come to a head on some of this stuff that uh, the um, the uh, gallows. I've told you about the gallows um, and the gallows stuff. Who, who built the gallows on January 6th? The image was so powerful. The video and still images of a gallows with a noose framing the Capitol was so perfect and so useful for the framing of that day that it struck me. It always did as a little too much. And I wanted to get to the bottom of it and I wanted to see what we could find out. And I have. And that's going to be coming out in the next couple of days. I've at least found out when it was built, who built it. I don't know who the people are. There'll be a need for some people to help. Uh, find that. But it is extraordinary to see. We've uh, used the video that's been made available by the House Republicans, and it's um, pretty striking, pretty striking. It's going to be something to see. So but back to my point, as you're watching anything, um, who was there? There was someone who had a deep fake. Um, it was, I, I think, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, the, the very famous YouTuber, had a deep fake that was made about him. It was it looked like him. It sounded like him. It was it, it was in the consistency. It was in the uh, sort of framing that he does. He does these giveaways and challenges to his followers. And it was really convincing. And he immediately came out and said, that's not me. That's a deep fake. So you're going to have deep fakes, which are actual people who look and sound like uh, you or me or sound like uh, more more likely someone famous. That's, you know, being uh, pl played out there or 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 individuals in a setting that you can't tell uh, whether it's true or not. You're also going to just have plain old um, carefully edited videos that you're not going to be able to, you know, tell the rest of the story. You're just going to see one piece of it. And that's going to be enough to be um, to be, uh, you know, um, very, very um, uh, controversial and e energizing for one side or the other. That's what you're going to see. So distrust, but verify is not just a uh, principle for use of big when you think of big government when big government tells you something distrust but verify when big media tells you something distrust but verify when big tech tells you something distrust but verify and the best way to verify is time and social media you see what I'm saying? You get that? The thing that you need is if somebody comes along and says, hey, look at this. We've got a noose and a gallows at January 6th. Here's a photograph from the AP. Here's a picture from the Congress. Here's a description from a, 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 a social media person who is present, all that stuff, right? You say, wait a second. I distrust that. 
but I'm going to verify it. So I distrust, but verify it. The most clarifying thing is time. A little bit of time will usually get you more uh, truth and certainly closer to the truth. That's one of the reasons why what's happened with the January 6th video footage is so telling. Because by keeping it from the public, you stopped the verification process. You were just told, trust us. We'll tell you what January 6th was. Insurrection. Armed insurrection. Trust us. You say, wait a second. My principle here is distrust, but verify. Don't just distrust. You have to verify. You have to try. In fact, you you cannot do one without the other. So they're telling us, oh, trust, but trust, trust. You have to trust us. And, And you're not allowed to look. And we're saying, wait, distrust but verify means I need some time and I need access to the to materials so that people can help me see what the holes are and help me see if there's a problem. For example, Mr. Beast, the Mr. Beast, the Mr. Beast deepfake, they put it out. People believed it, but there was a little bit of time and Mr. Beast saw it and he said, no, no, that's not me. That's not me. And so he broke it up. Time plus people, time plus uh, intelligence uh, applied will get you closer to the truth. You might still be faked out. You might still be deep faked. You might still be at the mercy of uh, of a concerted effort. This is what uh, Mike Benz and others have talked about, uh, about the uh, idea of having all sorts of different organizations built up in a place uh, that is built up by intelligence community assets that you get yourself in the in the point to point where, you know, you have a, a newspaper saying one thing that's backed up by an NGO that's backed up by the government. You'd have this r- rapidly kind of um, um, reinforcing. And that's that part of it is uh, difficult to know if you can fight through. But time and access, time and access usually leads you closer to the truth, almost always, and usually leads you to the truth in many, many cases. Um, and that's why you're going to see uh, blackout, like what happened after January 6th, where they blacked out, didn't give access to the media, didn't give access to the video to lots of people. Most people, 99.9% of America couldn't get to see any of it. Is That's sort, sort of similar to shutting down all the Internet in a place like uh, where Hamas is occupied, all the different pockets of it. And that's what they're doing because you got to control it. You cannot let too much time. And that way you can control what is said and what is known and what becomes the narrative. Um, it's, it's full on battle. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, what you need to know is this is a complicated situation, but distrust, distrust, but verify applies, especially in the fog of war and especially to media in the wartime. And to what the media is showing and seeing, and you're seeing it yourself. You can see it with your own eyes, but you still got to distrust, but verify. That's the the necessity uh, of this kind of a modern moment. And no matter what it is, no matter what it is, not uh, it's not just the war. It's other things. It could be sales. It could be somebody like Mr. Beast um, trying to that someone's trying to deceive you into believing something or doubting something, or wondering about something. So there you have it. That's what you need to know. And uh, we will take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend John Zadrozny texted me this morning and we were back and forth because uh, and I did talk about this, John, yesterday that, uh, you know, if you look at what's happened in um, in Israel and, and Hamas and all you do, you can make a pretty clear, um, you know, argument and talk about, hey, w- what's the story? If you're going to have a border that's wide open, this becomes a big deal. So uh, uh, John Zadrozny is over at the America First Legal, uh, AFLegal.org. Check out more. So welcome back, John. How are you? I'm great. Ed. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, how do you how do you thank you? How do you steer the conversation towards American policy when and uh, when the the media wants us to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, rightly outraged, but also hysterical about what's happening there? I mean, as you point out, there's a real issue on our own border. Let's talk about that. How do you first get that going? I mean, is that are you are you seeing some conversation headed that way? Well, I've got to say that the media's take on this is a, a little bit precarious. Like you said, they they want to talk about how awful and what's going on in Israel is absolutely awful. It's it's what happens when you give savages weapons and power and then they hurt civilized people and they have to be addressed. But um, you've got a situation, though, where they are the media want to talk about that and they don't want to seem like they're hitting the wrong note. But what they're not acknowledging is basically that we have a, a, a I'd argue, a worse dynamic than Israel's situation. Now, Israel's situation is not the same exact thing. They've obviously got a hostile country within their own territory. It's allied with hostile enemies outside of that territory, and they're probably pumping money, weapons, and other things in to kill uh, Israelis. But we have a similar dynamic, and I'd argue a, a very dangerous one at the moment. Hundreds of thousands, perhaps as many as millions at this point, unknown quantities have entered our border through Joe Biden's crime family porous border. And we don't know who they are. I mean, they we have at least, according to the DHS, based on a recent Fox News report, we do know some basic numbers of nationalities, but we don't know who they are and we don't know where they are. And by the way, those are only the people who were detained and released. Those are not the people who snuck across the border in the dark of night wearing fatigues, carrying rifles and rucksacks. So mm-hmm. um and the one thing this has not really been talked about a lot, but it needs more attention. And those of us who've been paying attention to the immigration issue here for a while have said this already. But you're kidding yourself if you think that there are not hostile foreign actors at the bequest of foreign governments who have come across that porous border and are waiting for something. You thought you would have thought. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, no, 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 exactly. That's so. That's kind of my argument. Is like, yeah, you, 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 you'd have to suspend all. Um, observation and belief about conduct of, of foreign nations. They would just do it for for uh, planning the future, maybe not hostile now, but certainly in the future. And more importantly, though, we now see that this is what I said yesterday. Hamas showed that they had money. They had brains they had uh willingness to plan ahead this didn't happen over the weekend this happened for years of planning and ultimate and the ultimate uh, uh sort of card they played was they were deceptive enough uh, with you know how they handled it that they could so to think that there's not a, a, a chance that china the communist chinese regime or hamas or somebody else isn't using our open border as a piece of their planning is insane the question i have john is is there any movement what i mean by that is 
is are you getting coalescing by, say, center right supporters, um, whether there might be some Democrats in there? I mean, RFK Jr. is no longer a Democrat, so but he sort of seemed to be sympathetic. Are you seeing any movement in in the political sphere to say something would change? The public's with us. Uh, but is there any reason to think it's going to change in terms of the, 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 the who's in power? Uh, the answer right now, Ed, is I'm not sure, but maybe. And I know that's totally yeah. uh, well. It's better than nothing. Mouth, but it's better than yeah, nothing right now. I, I, I mean, one example of where where things are is you've seen basically the, the rabid anti-Israeli left. Um, even they are putting out statements about how this is horrific. And I, I'm waiting for someone to start taking their past statements and put them under their nose and say, "Well, this was right. your posture a month ago. Can you explain yourself?" But you know, I do think the answer is eventually. I think about it this way. I, I don't mean to make light of it, but. This is a really serious issue. It's less a political issue more than a, a humanitarian and national security issue at this point. But you've got um, a nightmare scenario in in some ways for Joe Biden uh, because of his policy. And don't forget, again, we talk about this all the time, Ed. Right. The open borders of policy. It's not a Keystone Cops flip flop error. It's their right. engineered result to achieve a new a new voter base. Um, but the consequences of achieving a new voter base with an open port open border is that uh, you have lots of people who you don't know who are coming in who are very, very dangerous. So now what they've got is this. They've got the American people over the weekend shocked into the realization that we have a more porous border than the tightest, most secure nation on the planet, Israel. And they still endured an attack, which has already all of a sudden gotten people who are normally not thinking about this a little nervous. Plus, my understanding is a lot of those um, Israelis are dual citizens, uh, many of them who've been kidnapped. Some of them are U.S. citizens. So basically, Joe Biden has his failure is complete in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's damaged the national security of the American people. He's done so for pure political gain. He's put Americans at home and abroad in danger. And now there are actually U.S. citizens who are hostages to the Palestinian Authority, and they're going to start executing people. So, um, you know, I hope Joe Biden's uh, done being interviewed by Robert Hur and the special counsel and can actually focus on being president for the next few days because, you know, we kind of need it. Now, I'm not deluding myself. He's part of the problem. But um, they really have sort of dug themselves this hole. And uh, I'm curious to see how they get out of it. And I hope we get out of it. We, the American people, get out of it without any additional national security damage. Uh, we're talking with John Zadrozny. America First Illegal is uh, where he is the deputy director of investigations. And uh, um, so back to my question it, 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 a little bit. Is there something you could envision either one branch of the one one chamber of the of the Congress, the U.S. House or perhaps state attorneys general? Is there something that um, I, I remember that America First Legal was supportive of Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas, fighting off his uh, his impeachment by the establishment? Is there something you could in envision uh states doing well i think some states have done something and are doing something i saw uh, florida for example is on the move to put in additional sanctions against iranians and iranian uh, connected businesses which i think is an important move um i think you will see something eventually in the house obviously they're, they're a little bit tied up right now with this speaker's fight um that will probably be solved i would suspect by the end of this week um but yeah once they get rolling i'm sure you'll see something and honestly this is the kind of thing where even uh, the leftists who hate both America and Israel will have to at least pretend to tap dance for a little while in terms of going along with people who want to do things. What to do? I'm not 100 percent sure. And at this point, I think we're having conversations about sanctions, um, supporting Israel from the background, obviously not getting involved with feet on the ground. I'm sure Israel doesn't even want that. Um, and then doing whatever we can to make sure that uh, 
our own borders secure. And I think that this is a golden moment for the Republicans, the conservatives right. in the, the Republican Party who are in the House uh, to push this. And states, too, I, I suspect if they, you know, states may just have to get a little more active in the law enforcement, national security arena because the federal government's AWOL. Yeah, you know, um, so John Jodrasny, our guest, and again, I'll put up on social media links to America First Legal, where he does a lot of his work. Uh, that That's the question I have. I mean, you know, we, we, OK, great. I mean, it's one silver lining of this horrendous tragedy is that uh, it clarifies values. One negative is it takes people's uh, mind off of uh, other things. We're going to have lots of debates on what to give Israel, how to help and all this kind of stuff, and hopefully how to avoid World War Three. And I think it will be used for a lot of folks to take off the pages what had just been beginning to be a more you know you had democrats saying to this president you got to stop this madness and uh, at the border in terms of the invasion and uh, my worry is it will lose some of that energy um i've just got about a minute left uh john and my 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 uh, challenge to you is we've got to find some th- we can't we just can't wait until the next president so we, we've got to find things we can do and demand and i wonder if some of that is I, again i said it before state action um at the state level um some kind of um i don't know what what it could be but um i don't know if biden will act otherwise and i think we'll lose the country by then no i i think your concern is correct Ed, but i also my fear is that uh it, what we do need is we need a, a future immigration enforcement model where states have more power. Yeah. Um, and that, that doesn't mean they do everything. The federal government has some certain things it absolutely has to do for a variety of reasons, mostly monetary. But states can chip in. In fact, this may be the test. Like The reality is states don't need to ask the federal government for permission to act according to the Constitution. The Constitution already gives them that obligation. And so states probably just need to step up a little bit more in terms of counterterror operations, looking around a little more closely and not just sort of nodding and smiling when when people bring up the subject of illegal immigration, but say, well, OK, well, maybe you're here to earn money. But if you're not, you're going to go to prison. We're going to get you out of here. And if you have any if you are in any way threatening our safety, the governors of this country have the, the obligation under their state constitutions to protect their people. So right, right. hopefully we'll see something soon. I'm with you on the we can't wait that long, but, um, you know. Uncle Pudding is just asleep at the switch, and he's too busy being corrupt <laughs> to fight for us. So, All right, John Zadrozny, thank you. Thanks for jumping on with us to talk about this um, important timing. And uh, we've got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, my next guest is uh, my friend Peter Bierstrom, who is a member of the Bundestag, uh, the parliament in Germany. About five, maybe six years ago, he came to America to our Big Eagle Council, along with a couple of others, speaking about the future of Europe. Um, he's a young uh, legislator, a leader uh, for the party in Germany that is called the Alternative for Germany, AFD in the German language. And uh, that party in the in German system, there's uh, in their uh, p- politics, there are multiple parties, not just the two like in America. And so in the last few days, there has been a surge in the elections, the state elections in Germany. We'll talk about an AFD, which I would describe has a lot of common traits with other parties across the world, including America, that have put their own citizens first. If you say America first, well, how do you put Germany first? And so a lot of attention. So welcome, Peter, back to the show. And uh, congratulations in two big states in Germany, huge wins uh, and surging strength for your party. Are you guys, uh, how do you, how are you? How are Hi, you? Ed. Yeah, Thank yeah, you very please. much. Um, yeah. Yeah, of course, we are celebrating now because uh, 
we become the second strongest party in both states and in Bavaria and uh, in Hesse too. We are the only party which got uh, really a huge plus. Uh, we have um, voters from all other parties, so it's a real breakthrough. And um, in addition to that, um, uh, those two states are very important in the German federal system. Uh, those are one, uh, and, and uh, those are two of the biggest states where uh, a lot of industry is, many people living there. So there is also economical power behind it. So um, it's it's really important. It was a very important election for Germany, and our party is uh, the clear winner. So I am very fine. Thank you. Uh, so uh, Peter Bierstrom, again, a member of the uh, the legislature, the Bundestag in Germany. What's the main issue that people are feeling in Germany? Are they saying we're tired of uh, of our leadership worrying about the EU? Uh, we're worried about the economy. What would you say are the real energetic issues people are, are feeling right now? Well, it's not about uh, the single topics. It's not about the details. In spite of the media are always focusing on things like migration, war in Ukraine, um, heating is uh, the gas is uh, too expensive and so on and so on. Of course, those details are important for the people, but the most important thing is, uh, and this is the same like in the U.S., uh, that we don't have a government which is uh, a governing for the people. It's not ruling for the people. We have a globalistic, uh, globalistic government which is which is um, 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 ruling against the people. And uh, this is also the reason why we have won the election because we are populistic in a true sin uh, uh, and, and true meaning and, and uh, of the word because populus come from comes from a, a, a Greek. Uh, uh, populous the people, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the same like in the U.S. Uh, Donald Trump was the only only the, um, president who was really populistic. He was for the working class, for the middle class, for the working people who are still paying taxes and and who wants to live a normal way, you know, with with fam- where family uh, is like a father. Uh, mother and children and not, uh, and not, you know, 50 sexes and stuff like this. So this is, uh, this is the main point. Uh, we have globalist government, which is against the people and we are populistic party, which is for the people. And this is, uh, now coming up more and more. Uh, Peter Piestrom is our guest uh, from Germany, and uh, he is a member of the parliament there, the legislature, the Bundestag, and uh, a leader and one of the leaders of the AFD party, the Alternatives for Germany. Um, Peter, I want to finish on a topic, two topics. One, how um, the media will call you and your party names as a way to censor, and also how you're the leader of your party has actually been a, a assassination attempt on him uh, very recently. So tell me about this hostility in the political process. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for, for this question, because uh, it, it shows how the establishment, how the globalistic establishment is uh, treating uh, any opposition, you know, uh, and uh, we we have uh, in Germany a really heavy heavy violation of uh, people rights of of the rights of the opposition, and it starts on on the scale you know on the streets 
if people demonstrate against the government, they got heavily beaten by the police. And if they demonstrate for LGBTQ agenda, which is a pro-governmental agenda, on the same place, just one week later, the same police is friendly escorting them, helping them, and it's not beating them. So, so this this shows how how different they treating it, and it's go up. Um, um, you know, if you are organizer of, of demonstration against the government, they put you into jail without the trial. Michael Balveg, who was the leader of, uh, of um, opposition, uh, he was for nine months, just imagine, nine months wow. in jail without the trial. And afterwards, they said, oh, okay, sorry, we haven't found anything. You, you can go. You're free to go. Uh, wow. But for this nine months, um, the, the head of the opposition, of the, the organizer of the demonstration was in jail. And hmm. it goes uh, further even to the parliament. We, we used to be the biggest opposition uh, party in the federal parliament. And we still uh, don't have a, a vice president of the parliament. Any other party has it. We don't have it. We, hmm. we don't have uh, many of important positions in the parliament. They just refusing to give us uh, those positions. Uh, uh, we, by law, should have and and it's going so on so on so and what you are talking now uh, is a, a really um, a real a physical attack and this is also one of many uh, i myself i had already two attacks on my house uh, we have many politicians they had attacks on their houses the cars were burned down uh, many colleagues of me uh, had been beaten uh, quite to death and now Tino Krupala, he's the head of our party, and he was attacked by, with, with the injection. Nobody knows uh, who, who, uh, what, what, is the, what, what really happened to him, what was injected to his body, but he collapsed uh, immediately. He was in hospital for two days. And, and this is one, uh, and it was just one week after uh, the other co-head of our party, Alice Weidel, was enforced by police uh, immediately to leave her home, including her two kids and, and her partner. So they had, within 30 minutes, they had to leave the house because the police said, well, it's so dangerous. We have some information um, that there could be an attack on you and your family. So this is the situation we are facing in current Germany. Uh, Peter Bistrom is our guest. Um, I'm again, this, uh, uh, a leader in the America, uh, the, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the alternatives for Germany, AFD, uh, dot DE is the website I'll put up on social media and, and also, uh, been a voice all over, uh, Europe and, and the, the world speaking on this and talking about censorship as well as the violence. And in America, you know, I think we, we see some of the violence, but I think we see the language and the censorship, for, censorship for sure. Uh, very quickly, Peter, just another minute or so left. What happens in the European Union in the coming years, do you predict? I mean, can you see the wave of 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 uh, politicians who are being elected because their people want sovereignty for their states? You know, Poland and Hungary were obvious, but more and more in in other nations, even Germany. So what do you think happens with the European Union? And this is a very good point, because this is the battle we will be fighting in the next year. Uh, the European Union tur is turning into an organization of, of globalists. Um, um, this organization is uh, trying to, uh, to get all the power. They are trying, uh, you know, to eliminate any sovereignty of any states. 
uh, of all states, of all member states. And this is the real fight now um, on this stage, on the European stage. Yeah. All right. Well, Peter Bistrom, thank you for um, uh, taking the time to talk to us. It's important in every part of the world that people are uh, stepping up to have their voices heard. And we encourage you and uh, and uh, uh, welcome your uh, coming on the radio program with us. And to talk thank about you us. very much for your val- uh, valuable, highly valuable work. Thank you that you are defeating us against the <laughs> censorship. That's right. That's right. We'll keep doing it. Good. Hang in there and be safe. Uh, Peter Bierstrom, everybody. Again, I'll put up on social media a link to uh, his stuff, some articles covering him and a lot more. we got to take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Special counsel Jack Smith has been unanimously reversed before the U.S. Supreme Court over his contrived and overzealous prosecution of the Republican governor of Virginia, Bob McDonnell. That decision came too late to save McDonnell, whose promising career was derailed by Democrats misusing their prosecutorial power against Republicans. In Georgia, another Democrat prosecutor is cooking up an even more dastardly scheme. Democrats launched yet another political prosecution of Donald Trump. Tacked onto this indictment by the Democrat-controlled county prosecutor were 18 other Republicans as defendants, illustrating how this is about politics rather than the law. Democrat allies of President Joe Biden have piled up a string of 91 bogus felony charges against their Republican opponent, Donald Trump. This is in addition to dozens of similarly contrived charges against lawyers, colleagues and supporters of the leading Republican candidate. This unprecedented abuse of the legal system for political ends, a process that is known as lawfare, presents an existential crisis for democracy in America, to use the title line of Alex de Tocqueville's famous book. Previous generations of Americans met their challenges with our Constitution mostly intact, but this abuse of prosecutorial power threatens our republic. Free speech is one of the bedrocks of American governance, And what speech could be more important than hearing what a leading candidate for office stands for and hearing it unimpeded by gag orders and other legal restrictions? Yet Democrats today want to put proverbial duct tape over Donald Trump's mouth by binding him under speech restrictions related to his various prosecutions. If this same behavior were happening in some small state in Africa or Asia, the State Department would advise us that the government is illegitimate. Yet when prosecutors silence political candidates to influence elections in the United States, the mainstream media acts like it's simply par for the course. This treatment of Donald Trump is a dangerous threat to our very system of government, and we need to treat it as such. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. On college campuses and social media, in boardrooms and the public square, conservative voices are being silenced. What happened to free speech or to the First Amendment? At phyllisschlafly.com, we're still listening. So let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for joining us and come back again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Um, 
So I watched Donald Trump's speech from New Hampshire, and it got me thinking. I haven't watched him speak in a while, and it got me thinking. First of all, he's really funny. I mean, my goodness. Uh, he just has unbelievable timing. Um, he talked to his parents. He said, you know, I was indicted. can't believe I was indicted. You know what? We weren't supposed to have indictments in our family. And he looked up towards heaven and he said, sorry, dad. Uh, I was pretty amazing anyway. Uh, but listen, here's what I want to tell you. If you think about Trump, think about the things that Joe Biden has actively reversed, sort of actually reversed and, 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 you know, and say to yourself, are, is Joe Biden um, immune? Are these just policy differences? Is he immune from the sort of human ego stuff that people say about politicians and maybe about Joe Biden? And what I mean by that is uh, think about the reversals. Uh, Donald Trump was able to make America energy independent, making tons of money off of energy. He had gotten the finally gotten the ANWR, the drilling in the Alaskan uh, refugee, na- Alaskan, Alaska National Wildlife Ref- Refuge, refuge. Um, he got that done. Massive amount of joint fracking. And the country was we were for the first time energy independent. We're making money. Cost of everything is going down, blah, blah, blah. And the one of the first things that uh, Biden does is reverse all that. He gets rid of it. He starts he starts denying permits. He starts changing the rules. He gets rid of fracking. He says he's going to start spending down the strategic petroleum reserve. We're dependent on he switches over to windmills and things. And we're dependent on other nations who start to jerk our chain around. And we don't have as much money. Inflation goes up, up, up in part because of the price of uh, price of fuel. And my point is that was just a reversal that he did. And maybe it was a total policy preference, but also feels like he didn't want Trump uh, to have that success. I mean, he wanted to that he wanted to change what he had done. Here's another example. We're watching the Middle East explode and, you know, all these people taking advantage of one of Donald Trump's main claims to fame in terms of international was no wars, which obviously Biden is not doing that. But it's um, the Abraham Accords. And one of the things that's happened already is the Abraham Accords are in tatters. You know, this great achievement where Saudi Arabia basically said, we'll we'll coexist with Israel. We'll come up with ways we can trade. We'll come up with ways that we can function. Um, and basically, and, and that was Saudi Arabia to the table, which nobody thought in their wildest dreams could have happened. And so now you say, OK, well, and that's gone. That's just totally in tatters. Another another example of of something in tatters uh, that that uh, Donald Trump did. And to watch Trump and listen to Trump talk about these issues whether it's, as I mentioned, the uh, energy is, is the big, the biggest, the bigger one, but energy. And then, of course, uh, Israel and, and international. And it relates to that. You realize the contrast is pretty extraordinary. The contrast is, is really extraordinary to see uh, the uh, the difference uh, that's made in their presidencies um, and watching that. So, again, back to back to watching Trump. You got a sense. I, again, I haven't watched him in a long time. So you had you had him talking about what he bra- what he could brag about. You know, I mean, he's bragging about sorry, his successes. And so, you're, you, you know, you get it. You know, what, what are the what are the contrast points? Another one is the military. Um, he went back and I, you've got to figure that it's a um, an issue that is polling somewhere. The Afghanistan um, withdrawal by Joe Biden that was so disastrous it it obviously is uh costing a huge amount in terms of uh people's you know uh, uh drag on the presidency that's another one here's one also the the uh the um trump at the border 
having telling uh, Mexico, we're going to have remain in Mexico, catch and release, and you're going to pay for a bunch of military officers along the border. And they all did that. And he loves to tell that story. Well, that's all gone. Again, you talk about reversals of policies. I mean, got, gone completely the other way. I mean, not even close to, you know, the reversal in terms of uh, keeping that uh, the border, but also those specifics of catch and release that was gone, um, remain in Mexico, gone. These specific um, instances or ways that that uh, Trump acted to try to get control of thing, things and uh, and they reversed it. Let's see what else. Let me look back to my notes here. The uh, boy, it was funny to see um, uh, Trump in full flow, uh, New Hampshire. He he was probably an hour, an hour plus speech, and he was just rolling uh, throughout. Um, oh, the the China tariffs. Um, he said, everybody told you you couldn't do tariffs on China, and he did them. And he said, now uh, Biden's backed off on them, trying to give him a break on tariffs. Uh, again, that one's not as clean because I don't think Biden has rolled them all back. Uh, I think he's rolled some of them back. Um, so that one's not as clean. But my point is, if you think about things that that, that uh, Trump brags about that he did, uh, oil and gas or energy independence, the border, um, uh, peace in the Middle East, they, they feel like specific um, policy areas that somehow this president was able to, this president Biden was able to reverse. Now, do they sit around and say, don't let Trump be able to say he had the historic Abraham Accords? It would be human nature to be that petty. You may think that your presidents are not that petty, but I, 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 I believe they are. And I believe that a guy like Joe Biden, especially would be you know, interested in making sure that there's not a historical record of the Abraham Accords being great, that the peace in the, he wouldn't, I don't think he'd say out loud that he wanted peace, uh, excuse me, war in the Middle East, but he wouldn't mind that it Trump's uh, great uh, achievement would fall, fold up. I think that they would not have a problem with that. And so um, anyway, it was a great speech. You should check it out. Uh, I will try to um, make sure to post it over on uh, social media and you'll get a sense of what he is bragging about uh, and uh, and what he thinks is his successes, uh, Trump, I mean. So there you have it. All right. And uh, listen, don't forget, go to uh, ProAmericaReport.com, uh, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily um, email there. To sign up for the email there and a lot more. And we will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Thank you to Ryan Hyde and Mason Mohan, our producers. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. ProAmerica Report. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 